When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you see the pointer man in the cafe and he looks Here to be... Here comes the pointer man <laughs> shit on your ear. <laughs> Shut the blinds, lock the doors. He's coming. Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever. My name is Joe Maxich, the big dog of Time Out London, and you're listening to Love Thy Neighbourhood, the podcast in which someone with the eyes of a hawk, the speed of a puma, and the strength of a bear shows me a man with a face of an eel around part of London that means a lot to them. One area, four locations to which they would give their own illicit five-star rating to if they could, but they can't, because that's what we do at Time Out. When we feel like it, we enter a very vibey flow state, pick up our battered, trusty saxophone and honk out five star-shaped scales. Jazz, yes. Apposite, of course, because we are today in a part of London that's, that's known for jazz. It's where the modern London jazz scene sort of exploded in venues like Matchstick's Pie House, Buster Mantis. It's also known uh, for its shipbuilding and naval heritage. There's a big statue somewhere of the former emperor of all of Russia, Peter the Great, on the dock. This is where he came to learn how to build boats. The statue was visited by the nightmare tag team of Vlad Putin and Prince Andrew back in 2003. You can see an enormous anchor on the high street. It is, of course, Deptford. It's where Sir Francis Drake, following his circumnavigation of the whole world, was knighted by Queen Elizabeth. And there's a, there's a flight of steps called Drake's Steps that goes down to where that occurred. It's where Goldsmiths is, so there's an arty vibe across the whole place. Lots of fun looking, vaguely crusty people walking around. Uh, venues that have a lot of principles, quite punky, a fun place. And the person that brings me here is the actor, writer, and character comedian, John Pointing, the Pointer Man. You probably know him from his star turn, his BAFTA-nominated performance as Danny in Jack Rook's Big Boys on Channel 4. Wonderful series, heartbreaking, very, very funny. He plays the straight best friend of the character Jack, who's based on Jack Rook, at university together. It's great. If you've not seen it, check it out. It's deserving of all the acclaim that it's got, but it's not been overnight success for him. He's been on the circuit for about 10 years. He was in Please Like, he was in Plebs. Great in all of those things. Looking forward to hearing what he has to say about Deptford. I feel like every day of my life someone tries to sell Deptford to me and tells me how great it is. So it'll be nice to have someone who's famous doing that for a change. Here we are. Anyway, we're approaching the first location. Uh, let's go and say hi. John Pointing. Hello. Where are we and why have you brought me here? So we're at the Albany in Deptford, just off of Deptford High Street. And I sort of got some history with this place, like my sister's performed here, my wife's worked with some of the projects they run here, like Heart and Soul. I mean, it's a community arts centre. Right, so I was going to say it's got a really evocative look. It really reminds me of like when I was younger, like exactly these sorts of places. that. Yeah. And I think I'm just really drawn to places like this. Obviously, in London, where it's sort of becoming more and more 
it sort of becomes hard to find these places. Yes. What would you come here for? If you, if you weren't a performer, like if you were trying to sell it to people around here that don't know it's here, maybe. I would say to come and have a coffee or to read or to do a bit of work. Basically what most coffee shops are sort of used for now. Right, yeah. But I find them unbearable places to do that in. Interesting, yeah. What is it that's unbearable about coffee shops? No, I, I, I don't mind a coffee shop, but like, I you feel like... You can be like, a hater, it's fine. Like, we, I feel we like, like to I hate. often go in there and it's like, it's a thing. Yes. It's, it's a conversation. It's just a... It's <laughs> when you say a conversation, you mean the terse interaction between you and the person behind the till? No, I like... I, it's not like I dislike talking to people. I just think I'm involved in kind of an image. Right. Like, I look around, I think, it just doesn't feel, like, real. You didn't sign up for the coffee lifestyle, is what you're saying. I'm, I suppose I'm talking about going to a place where you can kind of... If you need a bit of time. I came... I was actually working, filming on Deptford High Street not too long ago. And it was a sort of mad choice as a filming location. Because it's chaotic out there. It it's, is, yeah. It's, it's, in, a, in a good way. In a, in a great way, but maybe not ideal for filming. And it was a stressful day. It started raining, people are shouting, the medic got punched in the face. It was, it was madness. Why did you punch the medic? <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> That's it. I walked off the set. <laughs> but I had about an hour's time, and they normally give you some sort of bleak kind of space they've found to sit in. And I knew exactly where I was, because I'm coming here. Brilliant, yeah. And I can sit here for an hour, I can have a cup of tea, and I can just sort of, yeah, disappear and f not feel like it's this fast paced rush. Sometimes you go into a coffee shop or a cafe and it just feels so busy and mad. Is it, is it too slick? Is that the problem? There's, it's too much of a sort of branded experience? Oh, I don't like... know because this is sort of really low hanging fruit, isn't it, to sort of tag off coffee, coffee shops? But well, I also find that they're really small. You know, another one I do, if I'm in Central often and I've got like, I'm in between meetings or whatever, I've got some time to kill in Central. I quite like a department store cafe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because like, if you go to like a Debenhams cafe, again, it's like time stands still. They've yes. not quite caught up with the rest of the city. So what you like is some sort of throwback. I think it's a throwback. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like me and my sister call it like, oh yeah, Nan would go here. Okay. It's like Nan would be here and... But, you know, look, there's people working here. Yes. There's people of all ages here. There's people having a meeting. What does the community get up to here? For example, like my wife works for the, like I said before, Heart and Soul is a kind of youth programme. Lots she's of youth programmes. She's a comedian and actor, isn't she? Well, no, she's, she's a, she runs a theatre company called Fixing Wigs. Okay. It's funny, and there's some acting involved, but I would say it definitely leans more into the sort of performance art kind of world. I'm sorry for calling her a comedian. They like, people in live art are comedians that people don't laugh at. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and theatre that people is. don't buy tickets for. That's, okay. that's what live art is. This is also where, um, so Vic and Bob started a pub up the road in New Cross. They performed, it used to be called, I think it was called the Goldsmiths Tavern then. I think it's called the New Cross Inn now or New Cross Tavern. Yeah. Um, and they performed in a room up there and then it sort of started building momentum and I think they did three shows here. It might have been Vic Reeves' Big Night Out. Wow. Was first performed here and I think they did something, yeah, like three shows and within a month it was on telly. Are you a Vic or a Bob guy? Well, Bob is sort of like his translator, isn't he? Well, I think back in the day that's how it was perceived, yeah. It was almost like Bob Morton was just a straight man. As time's gone on, yeah. I think there's been a reappraisal. Yes, definitely. Bob Mortimer is the, as, as, as the like, connoisseur's choice. Yeah, 
I think they're still both brilliant. And I really like that, like, Vic has gone off and, you know, he's a painter, he's an artist. He is, yeah. He's like a bird, he's like a twitcher, which I'm sort of getting into a little bit. Really? Well, in a real passing way. Mm. I think I've reached this age where I've started looking at birds. In a, a different way? In a way where I'm like, I saw a kingfisher and I was absolutely buzzing. Wow. You know, bird watching, I think, is becoming cool. There's, right. there's, there's like young groups meeting up together and stuff. We've covered it in Time Out. Oh, uh, really? I, I feel like it's a move away from screen-based activities. With yes. people sort of wanting to do like stargazing, bird watching, fishing, things like that. Mm. I've never um, watched the bird, so I don't know. Maybe you can do it while on Look, your it's phone. a bit like, especially in a city, I think the first time I saw, well, seeing a kingfisher, it was the fact that it just, I couldn't believe that it would be in Lewisham, flying amongst this, like all this Detroit. Where was it in Lewisham? It was on the Ravensbourne River, which uh, is mainly covered over, but every now and again it sort of pops up in between two roads, you know, or by the train station. There's a bit of it by Ladywell where you used to sort of see it properly again. But yeah, it's even that, like I had no idea that, that we just built over the rivers. Yeah, and just covered them. The, they're the, just like they're just like the new tunnels. river went all the way from it was at Hertfordshire all the way into central London and stuff, and that's now just a series of little ponds and lakes. But yeah. that went through the whole of um, the East End and the whole of uh, Stoke Newington. What yeah. is the when you see the birds? What's the appeal there? Do you hunt it and then take the skin? I wasn't. I <laughs> well, I wasn't hunting for it. No. Okay. You know, suddenly I see this electric blue thing, sort of like dart past me. Yes. Or down the river, and I'm like, was that a bit of blue bag? Right. <laughs> floating in the air, <laughs> and it's like, no, there's this kingfisher, which means there's. I don't know. I just find it. What are the other birds that you'd like to see? Do you have a, a wish list? I, like, I'd like to see a nuthatch because I know that's my dad always bangs on about nuthatches because he saved one once. What is a nuthatch? A nuthatch is one, it. it's a tiny little bird and they kind of they sort of skittishly go up and down the side of trees. Yes. Um, quite a simple little bird, really, and they're probably quite common, but I've never seen one. I, I, you know, birds of prey. Okay. Now we're talking my language. Really? What's your favourite bird of prey? Talk probably the falcon. The, f the falcon. I think the falcon, the noble falcon. Yeah, I, that's what I identify with most nice. of all. Yeah, How, what bird do you identify with? Do I identify with? Yeah. I mean, I've always, my favorite's always been the peregrine falcon because it was so fast. Look, that's a couple of falcons. A couple of falcons just chilling out <laughs> in an art center. No. I didn't realize we'd be talking quite so much about birds, but. What I'm hearing as well is that you could quite easily become a sort of TikTok face of bird watching. How about this? The Francis Bourgeois of birdwatching. Okay. He was the train guy. The train guy. Okay, right. Yes, yes, So yes. he got a lot of... <laughs> okay, yeah. You, he got a lot of clothes sponsorships. So that, you know, focus on that. Gucci, that sort of stuff. Right, yeah. So I'm in my Gucci just going, Yes! <laughs> yes! I've just seen a goldfinch! A goldfinch! <laughs> on the River Quaggy! Man, I think that would fly. Genuinely. Yeah, it's... that would fly. That's what it would be called. That yeah, would yeah, fly. that would fly. Well, okay, we'll pop that one in the back pocket for later. That's an idea. Yeah, I like um, it. Excellent. No, but it's, it is really, really lovely here. And also, I know what you mean about it being a throwback to a, it's like a side of London, which with, you know, development and gentrification, you don't see, in, like, see that often anymore. No, and also... I, I, What's you know, the word for it? It's like, it's real, it's a bit wonky, it, it's like, it comes from a real place. It's sort of, like, totally unfashionable. And, like, I think... That's really refreshing nowadays, yeah. basically. And like, yeah, like I said before, I just appreciate I can come places and I don't feel that I'm sort of part of anything or a little bit like 
embarrassed some I go in some place and I feel embarrassed the way people talk there's this sort of bro culture around food and drink oh yeah everything's a kind of like when I say everything's like a thing in a conversation what I mean is like it's like this process that some has come from somewhere I don't buy that this person wants to talk to me it's like listen bro right so let me talk you through this thing do, do you know yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. how, do you, how quite, do you feel about ordering in restaurants then because that's often dressed up with a lot of that language I feel I don't know. Fart again. Patronized? No. I, Annoyed? No. I, Furious? <laughs> Falcon mode. <laughs> get, get off my menu. <laughs> That's what I'm calling this sort of state of being, which is me wandering around. Like, I always say, like, I basically live like a pensioner. When yes. I wander about. I have, if I've got an errand, I'll really drag that out. Yes. I should be writing... But what I do is I tell myself that me wandering about is getting into this sort of headspace, which is like writing. And if, if it's good enough that I remember it, great. If I don't, so what? Well, thanks very much for showing me this place. It is actually genuinely lovely. And if I, if I lived around here, I can imagine popping in all the time. If I saw you, I wouldn't bother you because I know you don't like to be spoken to. <laughs> yeah. Let that be known. If you do come, leave each other alone. Yes, exactly. Uh, but shall we move on to the second location? Let's do it. Let's do it. So, we've immediately arrived uh, at the second location. Do you want to say where we are? Yeah, so we're at, well, Deptford Market. Deptford Market, yeah. I mean, there's the market on the high street, which is the more kind of normal market, and this is the, uh, round by the theatre and the yard here, it's like, well, what would you say? It's, it's people's stuff they don't want anymore, isn't it? Yeah. And well, I've, I've got quite a thing for this sort of stuff. I'm, I think I'm really part of this economy where every sort of three or four months I have to take bags of crap that I've accumulated <laughs> away and then I begin the process of building it up again. You know, look at this. This is an entire box full of biros yep. that just say, let's do it together. That's nice. I wonder how they but came you know, to... But, but obviously, on a singular one of these biros, no good. An entire box? It then your brain starts going, what do we do with these? Yeah, yeah. How many do you reckon that is? That's going to be 500. I mean, it, it's almost worth starting a business called Let's Do This Together just because you've already got the pence. It, yeah, you're, basically, <laughs> you're losing money by not doing that. Exactly. Yeah, you've got Titanic on VHS. Yeah, this is, this is what I'm talking about. What does this sort of stuff do for you? Absolutely nothing. Well, I'm not really a fan of clutter. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, so, that's, so this is basically a fever dream for you. It kind of, yeah, it's sort of bringing me out in hives slightly. That's a shame. Yeah, but I can still appreciate it from afar. Okay, well, I, f I feel like I'm sort of following you into a sort of war zone. Like there's got to be something here that you will want or need or kind of just be drawn to. Okay, well, I'll keep my eye open. Whoa, I'm getting these. Oh, let's see. I'm getting these. Oh, pug nipple tassels. Yeah. Yeah, that's coming up. Okay, look, I've just found my wife a Valentine's Day present. It is very... You see, this is why you stick it out. How much are these? Oh, lovely. I think as well... That's 50p a nipple. Just for the benefit of the listener, okay, so John's what picked up some pug nipple tassels. Yeah, so they are... Well, they're exactly that, aren't they? Yeah. Is that you're... something you're interested in? Not really, oh, but I was really thinking... I really want to find something that you're going to get excited about, like the pug... What is your pug nipple tassel? I don't think you know until you see it, do you? Not, well, you don't I know didn't. it until those nipple tassels are attached firmly to one's breasts. You don't know We've got some what old your... Guitars here, some oh, some guitars. Some weight. Yeah, weights. <laughs> you and I could just pump some iron on air. 
We could. Sorry, I am sort of getting slightly distracted because I'm hell-bent on finding you some trash to, to take home with you. Yeah, I can't wait to pretend to be grateful and <laughs> immediately <laughs> But this it. is nice. This is a big dog cage full I of do, I iPhones. Have a dog. My dog would chew his way out of there. Look at this. This is a drawing. It's a lovely drawing of a heron. You as, a, as the Francis <gasps> Bourgeois of birdwatching must... And I've seen a heron also on the same river. So this is a sign. Oh, you, can have, I get yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, you have to can get Can I get this. you that? And yeah. that's a real drawing as well. Do you know what? I'll accept this is a great gift. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, great gift. John's found a drawing of a heron. How much for this drawing? Oh, thanks very much. Do you know, usually every episode... I could get, I could get a nipple tassel for that. <laughs> so get a mick. <laughs> usually, I buy a gift for the guest. So it's very, it's actually a real refreshing change to have someone oh, okay. buy a gift for me, yeah. Cheers, Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. It's a wonderful drawing. It's really nice. Of a heron, yeah. It's proudly standing on one leg. The reeds below its feet wafting in the in the breeze i'm a big charity shop person i love okay. going around charity shops they're my sort of safe space happy place it's another it's another place i can go and disappear actually i was gonna say that sounds nan approved yes it's very nan approved yeah it's another place that if like i'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by things yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i could go in and they've again time has just not affected them they're they, still the same they still smell the same i'm building a picture in my head now yeah it's of John's safe spaces. <laughs> it sounds like the worst day out in London, yeah. basically. Quite maudlin <laughs> places, but not much happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, sometimes, look, we, you know all the places to go for nice things. All of them. Exactly. Every single one. So you don't need someone else telling you where to go. No, that's a good point. It's, it's better to have someone tell me all about the charity shops and the <laughs> hospices that you visit to get away from it all. Well, look, we've literally, look, well, look, we just walked out of the market. Yes. Full of other people's crap they don't need anymore. Full of apparently what everyone needs. So this area of the market now, this is adjacent to the new market yard. It's right next door to it, isn't it? Yeah. That's the redeveloped bit. They've done a cold drops yard on yes. Deptford. Exactly, yeah. You've got your sourdough pizzas, you've got your expensive coffee. Yeah, and there's some nice stuff here, I guess. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. I, I walked through it earlier and it does look nice. This used to be... I was reliably informed where Victorians used to ride their horses down so they could ride their horses straight to the train platform and step oh, out onto it. Oh, up on this it. thing, right? Yes, that this, was it. This, yes, this sort of like where the archways are in, basically. Those lazy Victorians. Do you miss it around here? Like you don't get to come back as often as you'd like? Um, well, I've, I feel I live close enough that, that, that no. I live close enough that I can, I can come here you know, there's there's a few places here that I like to come still. Yeah. That means that I'll, you know. Also, I'm I'm quite into my cooking and I've done a few small scale catering things for friends. Oh, that sounds fun. Like what kind of things? Uh, a wedding? It's actually not that small scale. It's massive. What are you talking about? <laughs> 130 people. What did you make? Um, well, it was a vegan wedding, so I sort of just did loads and loads of um, beans. Beans. <laughs> <laughs> beans. Come and get your taste. beans. <laughs> No, I did all sorts of things. I, I mean, it's, it was a massive menu. It's ridiculous. But down here, Deptford is obviously one of those places where you can buy cheap but really well-made catering equipment. Oh, yeah. You know, okay, massive cool. bowls, massive saucepans. What sort of stuff do you like to cook normally? Um, I quite like Mexican cooking Mexican food, and I quite like sort of Middle Eastern food. There's a crossover there, I think, actually. I basically like food that you can sort of eat in a bread yeah <laughs> the, the, anything the, you can the, wrap in if, carbs exactly if you can wrap anything that's built in that you can wrap stuff around it and eat it like that i like yeah pitters um, yeah i like making pitters and flatbreads and chapatis and things like that 
All right, well, let's stroll on to our third location. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. All right, well, we continue our journey to the third location, but just to say, we just popped in for a, a quick bite to eat, didn't we? Little pie mash, yeah. Little pie ma mash from Manzies. And that's the one that's going to close at some point soon. Next year, I think, the guy's retiring, so it closes next year, but you've got basically a year to get your pie fix, I think. To get your liquor fix. To get your liquor fix. Yeah. Is that what you, you favour, the regular pie and the liquor mash? Pie mash and liquor, I mean, look, I'm not going to eat a jelly deal. No. My wife doesn't like them, so she won't go in there. Is she vegetarian? No, she's just from Wigan. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the opposite of a vegetarian. <laughs> she did. Talking about the top of Deptford, actually, there used to be a butcher's. Yes. And they uh, it's shut now, sadly, but they used to make these amazing pies. And uh, she did go in there and ask if they did vegetarian pies and got laughed out of there. Oh, poor wife. I know. What's there now instead of the butcher's? Briefly, and sort of like really inappropriately, immediately after it shut, someone opened a coffee shop that only sold succulents and coffee. Yeah. You didn't frequent that place, I imagine. You're not. No, I sort of was really. I sort of felt really annoyed just because it just felt like a real sort of fuck you to the whole. Yeah. Situation. Well, knowing you as I do, I feel like that kind of goes against the pointer man manifesto. Okay, yeah. One, there was probably about three chairs in there. Yes. You go in, you have a coffee, you sit down, and you just probably feel the server's eyes boring up hole in the back of your head right there's no atmosphere because they've sort of stripped it all out serves them right it doesn't exist anymore but manzi's was was that was tasty wasn't it it was very nice yeah second manzi's of the podcast first visited of course in episode one with uh, bimini bankside uh very much same experience i would say similar level of pie yeah it was good watch out for the dog shit john oh yeah so we're approaching our third location yeah that's right and I can see it at the bottom of this street. Where, where are we? So we are coming to, I, think, I guess it's pronounced Sayers Court Park or Sayers Court Park. I've never actually been here. What made you choose this? Because there's an ancient mulberry tree in there. So I've heard about this tree. Are you serious? Yes, I have. Okay. Well, this is what I've heard. Might be bollocks, but allegedly planted by uh, Peter the Great, Tsar, Emperor of all of Russia. He right. learned how to build ships here. Yeah. Uh, and there's a mad statue of him surrounded by dwarfs somewhere also around here. But ale allegedly, he planted this mulberry tree. Um, yes. Yeah, so basically, I've not seen this one. But near me in Lewisham, there's an ancient mulberry tree. Oh. And it is kind of, you would walk past it and miss it. It's like almost been, the flats that have been built next to it are almost like right up in its face. Yeah. And I sort of did a little bit of research about it and found that there's a few of these really old mulberry trees in this area. And they all right. seem to be along the Ravensbourne River, which right. starts way up in Bromley, goes through Ladywell, goes through Lewisham and ends and comes out into Deptford Creek. Well, we've just walked out into the park. This is it. Yeah, there is a single mulberry tree surrounded by a fence in this empty park. Oh, look at all the little crocuses out as well. It's quite pretty. Yeah, surrounded by crocuses. It's very, it's pretty magical. 
They look really gnarly mulberry trees, don't they? They look really yeah. sort of quite, quite scary. otherworldly. Yeah. Oh, it's got a plaque. Do you want to read what the plaque says? This mulberry tree is believed to have been planted in John Evelyn's garden in 1698 by the Russian Tsar Peter the Great, who stayed in Sayers Court during his trip to England as part of the Grand Embassy. And then in Cyrillic, you want to read that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think this was part of a much bigger garden, a sort of kind of show garden here, and this is what's left of it. Oh, it's very nice. But I, I, I think basically is what this... Oh, look, it's all got these braces sort of holding it up as well. Yeah. Um, when I saw that old mulberry tree, there's another one in Ladywell that I haven't seen because it's like behind some hospital building. Yeah. And then I sort of found out that on that river there was a silk mills and there's a place near Lewisham called Silk Mills Path and obviously not obviously but I didn't know this but at the time but silkworms feed off mulberry trees right and I was like so what's so is are these here for the silkworms I don't think this one is connected to be fair but it's weird that it's also here and it's by the Ravensbourne yes I basically think I'm not really a history person. Well, it sounds like you could be. There's something kind of interesting about seeing something like a tree that then tells you about, okay, so this Tesco used to be a silk mill and then before that it was like an armory and yeah. like I suppose like Lewisham and the surrounding areas is like this strange suburbia. Yeah. Well, we were talking about the Ravensbourne earlier and how it's just sort of been built over and you sort of don't associate these places with like history or like stories like that so then when something kind of pops up unassumingly it's not like a national trust building it's just like a thing well doing this podcast has weirdly taught me loads about things like that because we go out to these places neighborhoods that uh guests um feel strongly about and you read up about it and you realize there's always something about every area that connects it to history that connects it to some greater sort of story uh usually they're just places that were uh, developed much later than places in Central, but they've still got things they were famous for. They've still got sort of industry yeah. that was focused on there. Uh, their own mythologies, their own sort of rumours, their own sort of um, fairy tales, you know, localised. I think it's it's like history to me was always something I felt quite like, I wasn't interested. It was dates and big books and yeah. old things and words that I'd sort of felt just like, I don't know, it just felt like insurmountable. Yeah, I and mean, people I think, who aren't good at remembering dates get turned off from history immediately. Like, yeah. I just found it impossible to memorise anything like that. And then you get older, and inevitably, I think more, especially for men, they just begin this, like, trudge towards being interested in history. Yeah, isn't it weird? Yeah. I really feel like it's an age thing. I've suddenly been like... It's so boring, I think, to a lot to a lot of people, and obviously really irritating for people that are actually into history. Because yes. it's basically this sort of history where I'd be walking along the road with you or a friend, and they'd be like, you know, um, there's an old mulberry tree here. And yeah. it, sort of, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's a bit of sort of cul-de-sac. Yeah, that's, like, it's like internet knowledge, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. It's like so superficial. It doesn't sort of really go anywhere, but like... I don't know, maybe it sort of weirdly makes me feel a bit more connected to the place. Yeah. And there's these like layers of it underneath everywhere and some of them are still sort of poking through, which is quite... You don't want to go through cool. life knowing absolutely nothing about where you are. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, which is quite easy to do. Oh, oh look. Yes, well look, we've just arrived at the gate as we're leaving and there is wrought in iron a load yeah. of mulberries. I'm guessing that's what they are. And someone's written on one of the leaves, Jigger was about. He was. He was. Jigger was, Jigger was Peter the Great's nickname. <laughs> Jigger. When he planted the, the mulberry tree. Well, thank you for humouring me and coming to this quiet, small park and looking at an old tree. 
Well, no, I, I could tell the tree means a lot to you for some reason I can't quite fathom. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. That was very nice. Well, yeah, no, thank you for showing me the tree you've never seen before that you feel strangely <laughs> attracted to. Do you, I mean, I can imagine you're not a, the biggest fan of being stopped by fans and things like that. Does it happen more because oh, no, of I'll, the I've, success it's always of the really big nice. It's always really lovely. You don't mind it? No, because it doesn't really happen that often. People watch consumed t TV in a different way now, so I could walk around and probably a, a, quite a really small handful of people have watched the thing that you're in. Is that because it's a sort of very vocal, well, passionate niche audience? Well, or more that it's just, you know, you, you could probably ask a hundred people and they're like, oh, I don't watch that channel. I only watch this one or this streamer or whatever. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, obviously, everyone would have sort of watched everything. Yeah, yeah, there was a sort of monoculture, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, because there was only, what, four channels and most people would be watching it between the hours of this and that. And so kind of everyone had seen everything. Yeah. But I do, I do, people do stop me and it's, um, it's always very nice. I've never had any bad experiences. Oh, well, that's good. And I kind of, maybe it is a bit down to the fact that less people have seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because if you meet someone roughly your own age and they remember that time of a sort of monoculture, if you get on with them, you can be fairly certain that you watched all the same yeah. things growing up because there were only, at any given moment, there were three things that any person exactly. could do. Exactly, and maybe you don't get this thing where people, like I'm saying this now, I could live to regret this, but where people come up to you and they're sort of a bit annoyed of you because they think the thing you're in, they don't like it. Oh, really? And you've been sort of forced to watch it because it's just the only thing that's on. Whereas now... Oh, it's the curse if you of Joey Pasquale, basically. It's going from place to place being hated. If you don't like it, you just turn it off and there's like a million other things to watch. Oh, it looks like we're now approaching the fourth location. Do you want to say where we are? Yeah, we're just coming up to the Dog and Bell. So this pub is very well loved by people in the area, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I've had a lot of people talk to me about it and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. What is it you like about it? Well, look, you'll see, they've kind of had a makeover recently and they've kind of um, doubled down on the sort of the Irish knickknacks. But okay. it is still has the feel of a proper pub. Yeah, it's a lovely building, isn't it? And it's a lovely building. They've extended into, as you can see, the, old, the newer building next to it was the flat of the pub. Okay. And it's... It's and again, it's one of those like proper pubs, and I think they can only work where it's not just professional drinkers sat at yeah. the bar. It's yeah. got to be able young people can feel like they can come in here and still have a good time, and it's a, got to be a proper mix. And this place, I think, has got it right. Mix is key. Yeah. Shall we? Uh, yes, go, go in. in. <laughs> so here we are. Billiards, you don't see that very often. No, you don't. Yeah. Uh, King Charles I in King's Cross is one of the only pubs I can think of that still has that. They have it out. Right, yeah. But not many. No, I sort of don't know how to play it either. Oh, it's just confidence. Just go up there. Just got to start hitting, trying to get those things just in the holes. The, yeah, just go falcon mode on yeah, it. Falcon mode on that billiard <laughs> table. What is it that you um, <laughs> like about this place? Well, this, that like right now we can be here and it's like, it's quite quiet, you yeah. know, you can come here and have a drink during the day. I like that about a pub. Yeah. I was here on Saturday night actually with some uni friends came up and stayed with me and I always end up coming here because it's just for everyone. That's yeah. got to be a pub, right? A mix of the, yeah, old and young, arty, and not young. so arty. Like honestly, on Saturday night I came here, I couldn't quite believe it, it was completely rammed. Most people were young, it's Saturday night, obviously. I just think that's brilliant when a pub can do that. Yeah, it's very because, rare as well. Exactly. And it's like, you know, look here, you've got people, it still serves the people that have probably been coming here for the last God knows how many years. Yeah, regulars. But not in a way that like, you know, you walk into a pub sometimes and I say I like a proper pub, 
but that doesn't mean that I like a sort of pub that you don't feel welcome and that it's a bit bit get out. Yeah, those sorts of places, they can get sort of romanticised a bit as well now because there's a backlash to trendy pubs and people can get very misty-eyed about flat-roof pubs and things like that. And right. a few of them are brilliant. A few of them, I love the Shakespeare's Head near Angel. It's oh, a yes. really interesting place. By, by the dance, what's it? Sadler's Wells. Yes. Well, that's, that's also, I like a pub that, that has... Um, like a little sandwich counter. <laughs> I can't imagine. What are you talking about? a little glass sort of cabinet and you could be like kind of an ham sandwich. They're oh, like, I see, yeah. yes. And yeah, it's like, yeah, it there's another one near Limehouse and they just have cheese rolls on a bar for a quid. Oh, amazing. Brilliant. And you're just like, that's what, that's such a good idea. Yes, it's a brilliant idea. When your friends came down to visit you, university friends, Yeah. obviously you're famous for the university set TV series, yeah. The Big Boys. The Big Boys. The Big Boys. Was your university experience anything like Danny's? Mm, no, it was much more PG, I would say. Mm. He's a very full-on laddie guy. Yes. I was quite excited at the prospect of meeting like a proper lad. In me today? Yeah. And what are you saying? Well, <laughs> maybe I built it up too much in my mind. No, I'm joking. I'm really relieved to hear you say that. <laughs> so how did you get interested in things like the arts? And, you know, uh, was there someone sort of taking you to exhibitions yeah. and shows? Yeah, my mum oh, cool. was, was amazing for that. Um, they're both, both my mum and dad are from South London. So London was, I never really went the other way. We what was went, the other way? Just more of Surrey, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know yeah, what's no there. no one goes that way, do they? No one goes that way. <laughs> Um, so mum always took us up to, you know, up to South Bank and we'd go to these kind of strange theatre shows and free art exhibitions. So she was a bit of a kind of culture vulture. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Amazing. Do you remember the first show you went to that was a bit out there as a young kid and you were like, this is actually wicked? At that age, anything that was sort of like a bit circusy or or kind of fr people throwing themselves around. Right, yeah. And I remember seeing quite young, they're still about a theatre company called Gecko at Battersea Arts Centre. That was another place we went to a lot, Battersea Arts Centre, because it was really close. You mm. could pay what you want. What was it like when you went in? As a kid, what did it look like to you? It felt like people had taken over. Yeah. And the sort of people that had taken over are people that were like, as a kid, are quite interesting, exciting, because they're basically mucking around for a living. Yeah. But yeah, so I was very, I was very lucky, really. Mum, mum took us to loads of interesting, weird things, and That's obviously, good. as a kid, a lot of it, I was just completely confused and bewildered by. But as a kid, you want to be confused, right? Culture befuddles yeah. you, and it's what leads you on and leads you on. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. that feeling of not quite understanding it, and you feel kind of frustrated. You don't really get to grips with it, but that's yeah. what makes you a person who's sort of interested in the arts, you know? Yeah. It opens up your brain to something that, as Walt Disney said, there's a natural hoochie-coochie to a goldfish. And by that, I think what he meant, <laughs> I think what he meant is that, like, you don't really understand what it's thinking. But that's why you fucking look at it. Right. And that's why you have it, because it's kind of mystifying to our sort of human brain. Yeah. And art should and could be the same thing. Yeah, and I think, look, going back to the tree, it was a bit of a, I feel like it sort of was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, well. In, in terms of like, what am I really looking at? What am I looking for? And I think what that tree sort of represented is me for the first time seeing the place I live in a like creative way. Yeah. In terms of how you discover things and like finding things out 
in a sort of more like a dream as opposed to like these are the facts this is the book you need to read and once you imbibe that you know everything you need to know yes. it's a bit more like through squinted eyes and you kind of make your own connections and I think that's what me walking around and going to art centres and yeah. <laughs> charity shops is about is I'm, I'm sort of switching off so that my mind can kind of get to a place that is like creative well thank you for taking me on your sort of allegorical <laughs> Meta- metaphorical tour of the mind. Saying that and yeah. thinking of the places we've been is just fucking it's been very magical. But I think the only way we can really finish this aptly is to return to the tree and burn it to the ground after we finish this section of the... Burn it down. Because <laughs> it, it is a... I think the tree exists in your mind as something preventing you from moving on, moving forward. Yes. It's like I need to make these connections that aren't there and maybe it's just, it's just not there, is it? But it's good to finally be getting to grips with the pointer man. The Pointer Man. That's the name I've been calling you since the beginning of the podcast. The Pointer Man. Yeah. I don't know. It just had a ring to it. The Pointer Man. Yeah, it kind of, it's got a sort of folklore kind of ring to it. Sounds druidic. Yeah. The Pointer Man cometh. Yeah. Well, it's at this stage in the proceedings that we like to take our focus away from this area specifically and broaden our scope to all of London. I'm going to ask you what you enjoy, what you would give five stars to. Is that okay? Yes. Excellent. All right. So... Uh, in all of London, what would be your five-star pint and where would you be drinking it? So my family grew up in, in Wandsworth. So I grew up drinking Young's. Not grew up drinking Young's. <laughs> <laughs> Puts hairs on your chest. <laughs> yeah. But my, it's, my dad would take us to Young's pubs all the time. Right. Now look, Young's as a chain has become quite... It's, quite it's a bog-standard chain. It's, it's a chain, you know. but there's still a few Young's pubs that feel like proper pubs still. Mm-hmm. I think even though a lot of the ones in Wandsworth have changed... But if you go into a proper Young's pub and you go out to the bar, this is like this is like a menu hack before they were, that was a thing. <laughs> and you go in there and you say, I'll have a pint of mix, please. Yeah. Is this how you got served age seven years old? Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go in there and you go, I'll have a pint of mix, please, mate. And if it works, because I've been into Young's pubs and they look at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But a pint of mixed is every Young's pub should know what it is. And it's half Young's, half special. And if they just sort of give you a knowing look, right. you feel like the bollocks. So what Young's pub would it be? The Lamb in uh, Lamb's Conduit Street is still feels like a good pub. The Lamb is a great pub. Yeah, yeah I love and it. And that's, that's a Young's pub. Like I say, there's not many of them around, but I would say go to the Lamb and just say, pint of mix, please, and you'll feel like a Londoner. And okay. And if they'll give you the nod. I have been given a pint of Bex before. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got to choose the pub wisely. Yeah. Now then you're going, no, I don't think you understood. Yeah, and then you've got mix. to explain to the manager and then you look like just a loser. So. Have you got to give the nod back? Maybe you've got no, a nod harder than they nod. And you say, you're right, mate, pint of mix, please. And they just sort of go, yes. There's just, there's just a moment. <laughs> there's just a moment where they're like, don't make a big deal of it. He knows. Wow. Yeah, like a secret handshake. In my head, that's what's happening anyway. Yeah. Sounds good. What is your five-star tourist attraction in London? I would say the Crossness Sewage Works. Okay, that's a first. I, you know, we usually get the same ones kind of recurring. This is the first time someone's mentioned they, the sewers. I, yeah, I did it. I, you can book in and you get a tour around this sewage works in Crossness near Abbey Wood. Okay. And it was built in the Victorian times and unnecessarily beautiful cast iron kind of like inside of this building. And they're slowly, these sort of like diehard kind of like maniacs who have retired are sort of slowly doing it back up <laughs> they're just there scraping rust off like iron bars and you know it was what a was surprise it like down there? well look you've glossed over the fact you went down into a sewer there is a smell yeah there's still a smell 
is it? And a... then you le- basically you learn a great bit of history about basically water and our clean water and cholera and 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 then you get connected obviously back to what's the where's the pump in uh, Soho? That's outside the John Snow. Yes, exactly. Mm. And who he discovered it, right? Yes, John Snow yeah. is the guy who discovered it. Cholera has a lot to answer for when it comes to how you know like London is set up, exactly, why certain yeah. you know areas are residential, why certain areas aren't. Yeah. And you find out why the idea that like a load of people came off a boat in the Thames, like yeah. a pleasure cruise, and they died because, not because they drowned, but because the layer of air just above the water was so toxic. Really? There's so much just sort of toxic air there that they just all suffocated. Blimey, yeah. So that's when they were like, we'll probably clean this up, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you learned that down in the sewer? Yes, I learned that down in the sewer. You, you kind of go down a bit. I'm not sure, I can't remember if the original bit still works as it does. Actually, tell you what, this is weird. It's from Deptford. There's a pumping station at Deptford, so all everyone's sewage from south of the river comes to Deptford, gets pumped back up, so that it can then slide its way down to Abbey Wood. <laughs> so we're in the place, the sort of final goodbye to our sort of sewage before it gets treated. We wave it off. We wave it off at Deptford where we are. Mm. Abbey Wood deals with it, and then we drink it next week. <laughs> <laughs> but you obviously run ahead to Abbey Wood. Get down in the sewer and see it coming. Yeah, yeah. Remember me? Is yeah, yeah. Waving like, like hello. Poo sticks, the original poo sticks. The original poo sticks with actual poo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What is your five-star pizza? I tell you what, I went to an Italian restaurant in Sydney recently called Trattoria Raphael. Raffaele? Okay. Raphael, I think. And it's just a little Italian family run, you know, classic. It's kind of old-fashioned. But um, the pizza, have you ever heard of a table pizza? No. You're in an Italian restaurant, you all want a bit of pasta or whatever, lovely, delicious food, just get a pizza for the table. So what, it's like a sharing thing just in the middle? just in the middle of the table. Because everyone wants to try the pizza. Okay. They might not necessarily want a pizza. What what pizza did you order? It was just a margarita, but it was really good. Excellent, yeah. I'm a margarita guy myself. What is your five-star tube station in London? I don't know why this one came to my head. Like, Westminster... It's the ugliest train station to get off at. Yes. But it's the one where I'm, I feel like I'm, there's this massive network of stuff going on under the ground. Is there also a feeling that you are directly under the seat of power for the country? No, it's, it's, it's literally, when you get off the escalators, it's like big. Yes. It's big in there. That creeps me out a bit. Yeah. It's a weird, I, there's nothing about Westminster Station that's good, really. It's quite sort of brutalist and Orwellian, yeah. kind of like just grey. No, that's a great shout. Westminster. Yeah, just because of the sense of scale. Mm, okay, good. What about your five-star burger in London? I lo- I'm, the first time I had was the Seabright Arms used to do a burger. I, I haven't been there in Yonks, but the burger there was the first time I had one of those burgers that were like a bit sweaty. Yes. Delicious. Before that, it was sort of chia batter buns and <laughs> well, <laughs> like everything went mad before cheese. that. Yeah, there was. If, if you could basically get it in a deli, they'd put it in a burger. Yeah, exactly. Those things were horrific. But when we've gone back to that, it's, it's a step in the right direction, I think. What about? Do you have a five-star cup of coffee? Cup of tea. Yeah. Coffee. I do drink coffee, but I maybe the Middleton Cafe near me. I would go to for a nice coffee. Is that because That's it's? On, it's just nice coffee. Yes. It's like a nice coffee place. You know, it's got they do deli things and all that sort of stuff. Because you've spoken on this podcast at length about your sort of uh, disinclination to visit oh, like, I'm overly... going to be seen in one of these coffee shops now aren't I yeah if you see the pointer man in the cafe and he looks here to here be... comes the pointer man <laughs> to ruin the atmosphere <laughs> as he to shit on your ear <laughs> shut the blinds lock the doors he's coming and he's going to make fun of our branding <laughs> 
never let the pointer man cross the threshold. <laughs> He's coming. Um, I would say, I'll go, go over there for a nice cup of, cup of tea, Maggie's Cafe. Yeah, all right. I love this, when they do the pot of tea and the milk at the same time. I thought you were riding a motorbike. It's <laughs> like that. Yeah. It's like they're doing a wheelie. I don't know, I've seen that. What, they do the tea they, and They walk the... around, so Maggie, she's passed away now. But she was sort of like the, the sort of soul of that calf, and she'd walk around with her big mug of tea, chatting to everyone, pouring the tea out and the milk at the same time. You've got your perfect mixed cup oh, of tea. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, do you have a five star performance that you've seen in London? Um, maybe I'll say my wife's theatre company, Figs and Wigs. They used to run a club night at Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. And it was sort of when we first sort of met and first started going out and it was this sort of mad, like, arty, cool party with, like, sort of cabaret performances and bands and DJs. And, it, and I felt probably the coolest I've felt living in. What was it called? Um, it, oh, my God. Uh, you don't have a wife. <laughs> um, it was called uh, Highbrow. Highbrow. So they used to do a club night called Highbrow at Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. And it was obviously, yeah, lowbrow. What was it you liked about the venue? Because it's a very special place. Yes. Well, similar to what we've been talking about today, I suppose. They've done a lot of stuff there and work there, and they still do performances there. And it's still, as much as they have these cool club nights and bands yeah. and stuff, it's still a, it still sort of serves the community, I think, a bit. It's a great-looking place as well. Yeah, yeah, it looks great. It's a lot of fun. All the people that work there are, are lovely. Yeah. What is your five-star city that's not London? Oh, God, I don't know. So Manchester? Manchester's a good shout. We've had a couple of Manchesters so far. Uh, what is it you like about it? Um, I've spent quite a lot of time there and I always feel really happy when I'm on my way there. You know, my wife's family live near there. Oh, we all get to hang out. Another wife answer. It's another wife answer. I've been talking about her a lot. It's cool, I? you're a wife guy. I'm a wife guy. Yeah. I think my, sorry, actually my favorite city that isn't London yeah. is um, my wife. <laughs> the city of wife. <laughs> city of wife, okay, yeah. yeah. Population me. If your wife was a city, what would it be like? <laughs> oh, it would be joyful. It would be yeah. amazing. Yeah. Is it, would there... be, it would be full of venues that I've been wanging on about today. Sort of run down <laughs> art centres full of lovely people. Is it like a sort of sci-fi thing, though, where it all seems really joyful on the outside and you go, come to Wife City, and then after a few days they start to notice a sort of disturbing undercurrent of, like, ultra disciplinarian but what part of my wife does that represent her well, gaslighting I, me <laughs> i don't know i don't know but you're you're pointing this very very positive image of a city state what are we talking about if your wife was a city that's right if yeah. my wife was a city yeah it's a good answer you can say that that's that's where you prefer to be <laughs> my wife can't do you say think, that. Do you think she, I can't say that do you as think, my answer. Yeah, I, I think it's a good answer. Do you think... <laughs> do you think she'd I be even remotely... I sound so like someone who hangs out at the Albany in the middle of the day on his own, just going, what's your favourite city other than London? All the cities in the world. My wife. <laughs> John Pointing, the Pointer Man, thank you very much for showing me around uh, Deptford today. Thank you. Did thank you have you a nice time? Me. I had a lovely time. It was a lovely excuse to come out here and I, I'm sure your listeners have gleaned nothing <laughs> about London. Do you know what? There was, quite, there was a surprising amount of history in this episode. I feel it was quite edifying. Oh, good. Educational, you know, like um, your locations that you chose also, they were quite kind of um, crap, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
But in a way that was really endearing. Not this pub. This is a wonderful pub. This is obviously yes. the best, the, uh, the best pub in um, in the whole area. Everyone loves it, and it's on our best pubs list as well. I should say. Oh really? Oh good. Yeah, yeah it's great here. But I feel like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Of course, I had a, I had a great time, good. and that's what counts. That's the most important thing. That I have a great time. Yes. Good. Thanks for facilitating that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, that was John Pointing, a.k.a. The Pointer Man's Deptford. So nice to be shown around by someone that likes it so much. So nice to be shown around by someone whose choices were so unorthodox as well. I appreciated it. I hope you did too. A very nice guy. Uh, lovely to meet someone who really loves his wife so much as well. It's very refreshing in this day and age. Check him out right now on Big Boys on Channel 4. You can stream that. It's excellent. The second series uh, is up there right now. I strongly suggest uh, you go and check it out. If you want to hear more from us, Love Thy Neighbourhood every Tuesday. Do subscribe. Do give us the, the highest rating possible. We enjoy that. I hope you enjoyed uh, hanging out today. I certainly did. See you in the next one. And until then, love thyself and love thy neighbourhood. Cheerio.